Hey guys, it's Keon, and today I'm going to give you my recap on UFC 261. And this is a card I'm excited to recap because it's one of probably the top five, I would put it in my top five of greatest UFC cards that I've ever seen. Maybe all of, M all of MMA, in fact, because the entire pay-per-view event from the opening fight of the pay-per-view to the main event was just perfect all finishes i'm not saying that decisions are bad but the finishes were nice they were either very nice and spectacular or very insane and crazy to watch we'll get to that but uh overall this was a 10 out of 10 type of card you know and one of my friends actually he called me and said this is the first ufc card that i'm watching from top to bottom and as i was watching it i was just thinking to myself like this is an awesome card to get yourself familiar with the UFC and MMA in general because finishes are good you know to the general public people like to see finishes decisions at times can be um, a little bit too much if uh, you're entering the sport I understand that but uh, yeah these finishes were monumental I think that's the best way I could put it let's start off with Kamar Usman who knocked out Jorge Masvidal in the second round with a right hand that was perfect you know i didn't even see that and when it happened i was just so shocked and the way you see all the sweat flying off of jorge masvidal's head was crazy you know i i hope jorge masvidal is okay after this because this is one of those knockouts that can really alter a person's career in mma and for him to get back up after that, admit that he lost, and take pictures with fans afterwards, it's just um, very amazing to see from Jorge Masvidal. But Kamaru Usman, that's the star of the night, man. You know, that guy really put on a performance that I don't think anyone expected to see, you know? He didn't have a great win against Jorge Masvidal in their first fight. It was a very lackluster fight. So... This time around, even though Jorge Masvidal did not deserve the shot at the title, Kamar Usman had to make a statement, and he went above that, in my opinion, with this knockout. It was crazy to see um, Jorge Masvidal get knocked out like that. You know, I never saw Jorge Masvidal get knocked out in his career, and I think that was his first knockout defeat ever. But the way he was just uh, laying there after that right hand, it was it was a crazy crazy sight to see and this is huge for, for Kamaru Usman because he really puts himself amongst the elite at welterweight of all time you know I hear some people discussing that he's better than GSP at this point you know I've seen those discussions I don't think he's there yet but if he keeps performing like this and defends the belt a few more times I can definitely see that conversation become a serious topic but as for right now, I think it's way too early to say. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else more to say than that was a very impressive performance. And Kamar Usman at this point, I would put him as the pound for pound number one fighter in the world right now. You know, he really didn't have to take this fight, first of all. I get he took it for the money and that's good. But for him to do it like that, to finish the fight like that, it was... It was amazing, you know? It was a great way to close off the night and a night that was filled with so many amazing performances already. So he really, really put his name out there 
with this performance against Jorge Masvidal. As for Jorge Masvidal, I wonder what's going to be next for him. I do think his time at the top in terms of contendership and a shot at the title is over. He's 36 years old now, but he's still a huge name. People love him, you know, and he's going to be fighting afterwards as a prize fighter more than a contendership type of fighter, a contender, as I shall say. And I could see so many matchups go on for Jorge Masvidal after this. We could uh, see him versus Nick Diaz. We could see him versus Nate Diaz. Um, even Leon Edwards, that's a fight I'd like to see still, you know? As for Kamaru, I think the obvious, uh, the obvious choice for him after this win is against Kobe Covington. I think that's the fight that has to be made because out of everyone who fought Kamaru Usman so far, Kobe Covington was the guy to give him the most difficult fight so far in his uh, run as champion. And even though Kobe Covington lost that fight, it was a close fight before that finish. And honestly, I could also say the same for Jorge Masvidal in, in this fight. He looked pretty good early on. He got taken down, but got back up right away. He was picking Kamaru apart on the feet for a little bit. You could argue that he won that first round, but then Kamaru in the second, he just, he, he ended that beautifully you know and that reminds me of the fight with kobe you know like you could say that kobe was winning that fight with usman early on you know you could say 3-1 or 2-2 going into that fifth round but then you know that's what champions do you know despite the early adversity champions face they find a way to win in the end and that's what kamar usman has been doing or dominating his opponents regardless he is very fun to watch. You know, I'm happy he's finally getting his praise and flowers and credit where it's due because he was always a solid fighter, but now he's really catering to the general audience, the fans who, who like to see finishes. Despite that, he's a great wrestler. You know, he's probably the greatest wrestler since Khabib has left. And I'm excited to see that Kobe Covington rematch. I think that has to be next. I know he's discussing fights with Nick Diaz, um, Leon Edwards. Like, these fights, they can wait, honestly. I know he's looking for money fights. Makes sense. But Kobe Covington rematch has to go down, in my opinion. And, yeah, I'm excited for that. Jorge Masvidal, it sucks that he walked away from this with a defeat but i do think he's going to be okay as a fighter because he's created a legacy for himself that is to some people's eyes even greater than being a champion you know he's making so much money he's so popular and i'm proud of him for that you know he really switched uh switched the narrative in his career from early on to now and it's good to see Let's get to the co-main event, and that was Rose Nama Yunus defeating Zhang Weili. Zhang Weili? Zhang Weili by knockout head kick in the first round. Oh, man. Honestly, in my opinion, this was an upset. I know some people actually chose Rose to win, but I'll, I'll tell you why I think it's an upset. Zhang Weili, she's been looking so good, especially after that uh, fight with Joanna Janjacek. You'd think that... She's going to be a dominant champion for a while. And as great as Rose Namajunas has been, the momentum was in favor of Zhang Weili, you know? And 
even if you did chose Rose to win this fight, I don't think you would expect that she was going to win <laughs> so fast and in a knockout manner like what happened against Zhang Wei Li. I thought, to be honest, the fight was going to go for five rounds, four rounds, maybe something like that, and it was going to be a war between the two. Um, and that's why I'm kind of upset about that. You know, I'm upset because I felt like we were robbed of a classic fight in a way, but instead we got a classic performance from Rose Namajunas. That head kick was beautiful and went from like midsection to high. It was like a little switch, you know, and uh, connected. Zhang went down, she ate more punches, and then uh, Keith Peterson, he stepped in. Zhang Wei Li was protesting, saying, I, I was still conscious, I was good, but I think that stoppage was perfect. Everyone could agree that stoppage was good. I think she was just upset and she didn't really know what was going on, and that's fine. I think she um, clarified on social media that, yeah, it was good, a good stoppage. But... Um, I would love to see a rematch, honestly. I feel like uh, a rematch would be good. It would kind of, kind of be similar to Joanna and Rose, you know? Like, I, I felt like their first fight, because Rose finished it so quickly, we were robbed of a long battle, long type of war. And in their second fight, they produced that. And I think if these two fight again for a second time, we're going to get that. And I would like to see that uh, personally. But Rose Nama Yunus, she has so many options on her plate now. She's a champion once again. There's talks about uh, the winner of Carla Sparza and Xiao. What's her name? Xiao. I hate that. I don't know her name, man. Um, I'm going to check really quickly. Carla Sparza versus Xiao. Yeah, but uh, Yan Xiaonan. Yan Xiaonan. She's uh, also been building some momentum from China as well. And uh, if she does defeat Carla Esparza, I could see that fight. Even if Carla Esparza defeats uh, Yan Xiaonan, then she will fight for the title, I could see, because of the history with her and Rose Namajunas. She's Rose's first defeat in MMA. And yeah, like I, there's many options for Rose right now. And I'm excited to see what she could do on her second in her second run as uh, champion. It wasn't her first defeat. It was like her second defeat. Uh, it was against Carla Sparza for the inaugural uh, strawweight championship back in the day. But so much growth for Rose Namajunas since then. So it would be good for her to kind of get back that win as champion. It would be a good story. Another fighter I would like to see against Rose Namajunas... Mackenzie Dern you know it may be a little bit too early right now I think Mackenzie Dern does need another win in order for that fight to go down but yeah like I would like to see that fight because Mackenzie Dern has been looking so good recently so yeah why not you know like that would be a very fun fight hopefully one day if all the stars align but congratulations to Rose Namajunas she's such a likable person she has a serious demeanor to her but in the end of the day you you like it i like it i'm excited for her whenever she fights and i'm excited for what's next after this win this was a huge win for her so she's your strawweight champion once again and let's go to the women's flyweight division where champion valentina shevchenko defeated jessica Andraj tko elbows in the second round 
this was also a little bit more of a surprise as well. Not more than the Rose Namajunas Zangwei Liu fight, but this was a surprise in the sense that I thought Jessica Andrade was going to be Valentina's toughest test and Valentina will face some adversity in this fight. But she absolutely dominated Jessica Andrade, the former strawweight champion. And who's next for Valentina Shevchenko? I think that's the important question. First off, Valentina, she was just taking the fight down at will. Then she eventually locked up that uh, mounted crucifix and started raining down punches and elbows before the ref stepped in. Dominant performance, you know? I really did not expect that dominant of a performance against Jessica Andrade, but she delivered that. And in my opinion, there's just no one at 125 right now that could give Valentina a serious test. That's basically how I see it right now, and I think a lot of other people see that as well. But, um... Yeah, like I would love to see her and Amanda Nunes for a third time, even though Amanda Nunes won their first two fights. I think it has to be made because these are the two women at the top of women's MMA right now. You know, they are on consensus. Many can agree that they are at the top. You know, they have both dominated their respected divisions, but now there's nowhere else for them to go and I think they have to meet up you know they have to meet up and have that third fight despite the 2-0 um record for Amanda Nunes I think that second fight was very close if I remember so yeah I would like to see them to fight again and I think a lot of other people would like to see that as well Uriah Hall defeated Chris Weidman 17 seconds into their fight by checking a leg kick that immediately broke Chris Weidman's leg. And, of course, uh, it's crazy to say that because he, Chris Weidman did this against Anderson Silva in their second fight. Very similar, but in my opinion, I think Chris's was worse because with Anderson Silva, when his leg broke, he just immediately went down, but... With Chris Weidman, he didn't realize it. Then he steps on that broken leg. It bends even more. And then he finally falls down. I think that step was just... That was nasty. I couldn't believe that, you know? And Uriah Hall, respect to him because he really handled that situation very well. And I do feel bad for him in a, in a way because he's always in this situation where he's in brutal victories, you know? First... Not first this. This one was this was bad this was really bad but if you don't remember back in the ultimate fighter he knocked out that guy with a spinning head kick and people thought that guy was gonna die you know i thought that guy was gonna die it was one of the most brutal knockouts that i've ever seen he was there for so long before he finally got back up and a lot of people said that was a huge reason why Uriah Hall never lived up to his full potential because that lingered in his head for so long that he was scared to pull the trigger against his future opponents. And it sucks that this now happens again in a similar type of fate where his opponent is brutally injured. And you could tell that Uriah Hall is just such a good guy. And I could see on his face and his demeanor and his attitude that he hates this. He hates that this is a part of MMA. And it sucks that 
it's to the extent that he has to experience it too. You know what I mean? It's very brutal. And all I hope is that this doesn't deter his momentum that he's built for himself as of recent. You know, I did think he was going to win this fight despite that uh, TKO leg injury. He also is, um, according to Dana White, he is the first man to win a fight without throwing a strike. Um, but yeah, I do hope mentally he's okay from this. That's, I think, uh, one of the biggest things I could take away from this. Of course, I hope Chris Weidman does recover. I think it is the end of his career, but I think a beautiful story would be he recovers from this and has just one more fight and calls it a career. But it is sad because he had this entire plan of trying to become champion again and uh, defending the belt, but it's it's done. That's done. Uh, to be a contender, for him to be a contender again, I think it's done. And uh, the proof is with Anderson Silva, after that leg injury, he hasn't looked the same after that. And uh, I don't... I don't see that uh, narrative changing for Chris Weidman, but he's had a great career and I'm happy that he did get to be the guy who defeated Anderson Silva at a time when no one thought Anderson Silva was going to be defeated. And he defended that belt how many times? Was it two times? Two or three times? Let's check right now. He defended it one, two, three. Three times. Was it three? Yeah. Anderson, Lyoto, and Vitor. And, you know, like, that's, he will go down as one of the best middleweights of all time, in my opinion, simply because of that little run that he had over there and defeating Anderson Silva in his prime. Like, there's nothing to be ashamed about for Chris Weidman's career, but it is bad that it kind of ended this way, especially with an injury like this. Um, let's move on to Anthony Smith. He defeated Jimmy Crute, uh, kind of similar, not a brutal leg injury, but he connected with a kick to the knee that immediately had Jimmy Crute hurt. He fell down. And even when he was like trying to like move around after that, you could tell like something was wrong. And then uh, by the start, well, after the round one ended, the ref called off the fight because um, Jimmy Crute couldn't move. And it sucks because Jimmy Crute was looking good early on in this fight. But Anthony Smith, you know, he... I'm impressed how he could always prove people wrong, you know? I think a lot of MMA fans thought he's past his prime, his uh, his days at the top as at 1.205, his days at the top of light heavyweight is over. But he keeps changing that narrative, especially against... Uh, young up-and-comers like Jimmy Crude, I think that's very impressive. So I'm happy for Anthony Smith with this win. I do hope Jimmy Crude can recover. He's only 25, so um, it sucks he's taking these defeats, but he's going to learn a lot from it, and I could see him becoming the future at 205. That's just my opinion. Uh, prelims. Is there anything that I could talk about in the preliminaries? Randy Brown defeated Alex Oliveira. Submission in the first uh, round. And first of all, Randy Brown is huge for welter the welterweight division. You know, like he was towering over Alex Oliveira. Alex Oliveira looked like a lightweight inside that cage against Randy Brown. It was crazy to see. And he Alex Oliveira looked good early with those uh, leg kicks, those calf kicks. But then Randy Brown connected with a right hand, I think it was. And after that, he locked up the rear naked choke. And what was interesting about that rear naked choke, he didn't even lock it up fully. He just used one arm. That's how long his reach is. He just used one arm and 
Alex Oliveira top from that. That is very impressive. And I can't wait to see what's next for Randy Brown as well. You know, I do think he can have a very successful future at welterweight if he does, if he is able to continue to make that weight, you know, because I think he's huge. I think we're going to see him go up to middleweight at one point in his career. But as for now, I think welterweight uh, has another rising contender with Randy Brown. And I'm excited to see what's next for him. Um, Aside from that, there's nothing else that I could really say. Very great card once again. I'd give it a 10 out of 10 for sure. I had a great time watching it. And let me know what you think, you know? There's so much to talk about here, and I'd like to hear what you'd have to say. What was your favorite moment? Uh, How would you rate this card? And yeah, have a good rest of your week. Bye-bye.